The following podcast is an Embassy Row production. Hello, everybody. This is Lo. And this is a new episode of I Love Wellness. Yay! And guess what? We have my friend Katie Storino on the show. Hi, Katie. Hi. Hello. So normally when we're in studio, I force everyone to clap. (laughs) But it's just me clapping since it's, uh, you know, we're still uh, sheltering in place, isolating, whatever you want to call it. Um, for the listeners who are not familiar with Katie, which I highly doubt, um, you are the amazing founder of Mega Babe and a body positivity advocate for women and men everywhere. Sure. Yeah. And you have one of my favorite Instagrams of all time. (laughs) Stop it. And you have a husband that took your last name. I I do. Who I love very much. Like, did you suggest that or did he suggest it? You know, I, so this is my second marriage. It's the second marriage for him as well. And I love the idea of sharing a last name, but I never loved the idea of giving up my last name. Mm -hmm. And for me, I think it's whoever has the better last name should Mm -hmm. win. Mm-hmm. Or you combine if 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 you can't that you combine and you make up a new name or just fully yeah. change your last name, um, and so I don't know we liked my last name better. Y'all went with Storino. Yeah, and and also if you think about it for ten seconds, it's so messed up that that's even a weird thing or it's something that people would have a problem with. Yeah, totally. I mean, we're just you know the when I saw that you guys got married and he took your last name. I think it's the first time in my life I've actually ever seen anything like that. And it was so cool. And it's so who you guys are. And it just reminded me that forever and ever, women have been considered men's property. And that's yes. why we take their last names. Yes. So like, fuck that. It's 2020. Yes. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Man, but people had a problem with it for sure. Really? Yeah. I got women a lot of- Women and men? Mostly Women. Like, well, to be clear, I don't really talk to a lot of men in my life. I've really surrounded myself with ladies. My dad (laughs) thought it was so weird. My dad was like, I don't get it. I'm like, yeah, it's a thing. Like we're doing it. Um, but yeah, I had some women in my feed who were like, that's just weird. Someone unfollowed me and like, let me know. I was like, cool. What? They're coming at you. Yeah. I don't know. That's okay. So how are you doing? Um, I'm so I'm in Maine. I'm just trying to turn my alerts off of my computer, which I learned how to do. Well, um, I don't know how to do that. I would love no, to learn how to do that. It's the most confusing, like backwards way to, and I can't even get it. Um, anyway, um, <laughs> I'm in Maine and I'm having a completely different life experience. I've lived in New York for 17 years and I just like, I don't know. I'm in an alternate reality where like every time I turn on the news, I'm so devastated that I can't really process it. And then Mm -hmm. I like step outside and I'm have like a weird country life that I've never had before. So it's just like I was taken out of my life and put Sorry, that was the doorbell at our house. (laughs) Keep going. (laughs) No, I, we did this when we did a live. I, your house has no respect for your work. They're like, you're doing a what? Who cares? The dogs bark. My your dad mom. comes over and talks to me. No, your mom was like, anyway, Lauren, I wanted to talk to you about dinner tonight. You're like, I'm literally live on the internet right now. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Um, I feel I'm weird. I miss my, I miss my life, like my regular life that I've had. Yeah. 
That's normal. Yeah. Aren't you sort of enjoying the quiet country life a little bit though? Because whenever I do that, I like vibe pretty hard. Oh yeah. Then that's the other part is I'm like, am I just staying here? <laughs> like, should this just be what I'm doing? Like, yeah. why am I fighting this? Like, I love this life. Mm-hmm. It's pretty nice. And I think it's yeah. very confusing for a lot of people who are fortunate enough, yes. um, you know, to be able to, uh, I think at least, you know, when I'm talking about New York city people, um, because that's like our small community of people that we chat with regularly, uh, you know, those of us fortunate who are able to sort of leave the city, um, and get outside, you know, it definitely has shown us a, a different way of life that I think yeah. that we all sort of like turned our noses up at, up at, yeah. for, not turned our noses up at, but you know, it's just different. You know, you live in New York city for a reason. It's because you love walking down the street and love being with a ton of people and you love the energy and you love, you know, everything about it. Yeah. You know, people that live in New York city for a really long time, live there for a, a reason, yes. you know, and um, none of those things are here. None of and, those and things are there. Like there, the the calm, the water, the like, the nature. There's none of that really exists in in the city. Yeah, and so this moment has think has shown for me um, a deep love and respect and appreciation for the uh, for a different kind of life. To be honest yeah. with you, I, I also will say not to like spend the whole time talking about sheltering in place, but um, the rest of the country, it's a different thing to live in such a dense population like New York, like. People are like, why'd you leave? I'm like, well, like if you can leave, one, it helps thin out the population of the city, which is good. And two, yeah, like it's not it it is not easy to be confined to an apartment. Oh no, a yes. six hundred square foot apartment. No. It, you know, it's yeah, I think that, that is something where, you know, I even spoke to my parents about it. I said, you know, I'm less afraid now. And my mom kind of gave me a side eye. She's like, well, you shouldn't be less afraid. We need to be vigilant. And I was like, I know, but what I'm talking about, mom, is this fight or flight fear that I was experiencing for weeks on end yeah. in yes. Manhattan yes. that everybody who is in, you know, a, a really dense urban center experienced at the beginning of this when it was first starting. Yeah. And as a New Yorker in the epicenter, the adrenaline that like your body was uh, yeah. pumping out for days and days and days and days and days at a time, mm-hmm. not good for you, you no. know? And the, the feeling of being in New York and experiencing it firsthand uh, was particularly acute. And I cried almost every single day, you know, yeah. when the, when that big Navy boat came in, I was looking at that thing and it was like, Oh my God, you know, our city has been brought to its knees and it was, it's devastating. It's fully devastating. And I have been going through my own, like a grief process, yeah. um, you know, with my relationship with New York and, and my life there. So you were there when the boat came? Oh yeah. I was there when the boat came. Oh, wow. Yes, I forget the name of the boat. The Comfort, USS Comfort. I don't, I, I don't, I don't quite recall. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I stuck it out for a good three and a half, four weeks. Wow. Um, and it was pretty overwhelming, and I was by myself for a lot of it. It was very yeah. challenging. Yeah, oh, I'm glad you left. I think it, uh, you know, I'm somebody that, um, you know, has dealt with depression and anxiety before. And so yeah. I, I know myself and what I would need to do for my mental health. And I think for a lot of people, you, they've had to make decisions like that, you know, like yeah. you kind of have to make the best decision for yourself at yeah. some point, you know, cause me stranded in my apartment in the epicenter for eight weeks, it would not be nope. good. Yeah. 
Oh, I'm with you. Good. So anyway, here we are. <laughs> Sorry to everybody who wants to get to know Katie and Megababe better. We just blew the first 15 minutes talking about our deepest fears. <laughs> oh, you know what's interesting? I know that we're talking about other stuff, but I like that you you come from LA, but you chose New York. Yeah, I just love the energy of the city. It just makes me feel complete in a very interesting way. You know, when I think for me, I, I actually think about it a lot. I think that being on the hills and all of that programming was, you know, traumatizing to a certain degree. And so I think I moved to yeah. New York to try to escape that yeah. um, and escape sort of like the hyper, uh, what's the right word? Um, like hyper local localism. Sure, I don't know. Do sure. You know what I mean? I was trying yeah. to sort of like escape where I was from because, yeah. you know, it, it was so difficult from an emotional perspective for a long time. Um, I'm just not somebody who is comfortable or I wasn't comfortable with people knowing who I was at that point in time. And I only discovered yeah. that once I was already on TV and it, you, oh, you can never, you can never know that before. Right. Yeah. No, I know. <laughs> It's like you do the experiment and then you're on television and then you find out you don't like it that much. Wow. And so I think me part of going to New York was just trying to escape, uh, you know, the baddies that were in my brain that had developed as a result of it. Do you know that I've never seen that show, not <laughs> one episode, and that I only know you? Um, I mean, I know, of course I know of you because I, I'm like aware of pop culture, but mm -hmm. I really met you through Love Wellness. Yeah. Like that's how then, I, I only know you through that lens. And then didn't we originally do a lady love an episode once? Is that yeah. how we first met? Yes. Yeah. Through with Greta. Through Greta. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's how we yes. first met. Yes. And yeah, I guess we have really been friends in sort of uh, my post TV. That's what I'm saying. Like I'm very, life. I'm very New York Lauren. Like that's how I know you. Hmm. Yeah. Cool. FYI. I'm achieving my goals. <laughs> To have a post TV life. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um, okay, so tell me about Mega Babe. You have such a killer brand, and I love that we are neighbors on the shelf at Ulta. It's just delights me to no yep. end. My fave neighbor. Um, Mega Babe is all about confronting the things that women don't talk about that the beauty industry is ignored, like thigh chafe and boob sweat. Um, we do it in a, an effective way, but we're a non-toxic company. And I, it's, we have such parallels with love wellness. It's like, we're fun. We're colorful. We talk about the things people don't talk about. Um, it makes me feel like we're doing something right that I've found like a sister in the market. Well, you guys literally invent products which is so cool. And I think it's truly the only way at this point in time, because every market is so saturated, there's very little white space left. Yeah. And so when you think about product development, what you have been able to do is so remarkable because you're literally inventing products. That's yeah. so cool. It's because there are problems that I go and then the only solutions are to piece together some sort of medical, like you, you have to like piece together your own solution. And then you're like, why? This, I'm not the only person with this problem. Like I wasn't mm -hmm. the only person with thigh chafe. So why was I, why was I only finding products that were made for men or athletes or just poorly, poorly done um, products? So yeah. 
it's, it's so interesting that me, I've, I've never worked in beauty. I've never worked in, I wouldn't even consider myself that big. I'm a big skincare person. I'm not big yeah. into makeup, color cosmetics as they call it in the biz. Um, <laughs> but I, yeah, like I, I never saw this for myself ever. Mm-hmm. I just think it's really impressive. And I think, um, have you guys raised outside capital at this point? Or are you still doing it on your own? Self-funded still. God, that is so kick-ass. I don't think that people understand what an accomplishment that is. Because <laughs> you guys have raised, you have raised. We raised a series A um, and, you know, we're doing everything in our power to kind of keep it moving and just stay, stay there. Because we look at you and we're like, God, what a great ad campaign. Oh man, what a great this. Their, their packaging is this. And when you are self-funded, you don't have those, as you know, like you don't yeah. have those options. It is expensive to do the cool things that you see lots of brands doing. And what you just don't realize is how much money that costs. And so, and, and yeah. what, and the trade-offs of, of bringing in capital, which brings in a lot of opportunity. Yeah, I think, uh, God, I'm just going to keep tooting your horn though, because I, I know what retail you guys are in. You guys are at Ulta, you yep. guys are at Target, and just the cost of inventory alone to enter into one of those retailers is significant. And just, I think it's such a testament to the brand identity that you have built, the messaging and the products themselves. To be able to, to self-fund that business and to continue to operate and scale your business without taking on outside capital is like, it, it is, you're such a unicorn. It's so cool. <laughs> it is. Well, thank, I, I will just, you know, my, my Midwest is showing. I get embarrassed. I'll say thank you. Thank you for saying that. That's very nice. We, um, you know, hopefully we keep doing the right things because when you're doing something for the first time with no experience, we have no one on our team with experience. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like every day we're like, is this right? Yeah, I know. <laughs> but then do you ever find that you talk to the experts and you're like, that's... I disagree with you. Yeah. I'm like, I disagree. And that's your idea. Like, yeah, I mean, we do every once in a while, you know, I think as a business owner, it's really important to understand that everybody has an opinion and you have to take all of those opinions with a grain of salt yeah. and you become a leader when you are able to effectively make decisions based off of uh, influence and guidance you have received. Mm. Right. I like it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I also think it's interesting, uh, you know, because startup culture has really been, uh, you know, the thing for the past decade. Right. And everybody, because I think, VCs have done a really good job of marketing themselves. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I sure and do. And I think that everybody thinks like, oh, I have to raise money. I have to have this huge team. I have to do all of these things so that people take me seriously. And actually the opposite is true. If you are able to run your business like you have and achieve such great milestones, it is such a, that is so much more badass. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's interesting. Cause I feel like you go, that's what I thought when we launched, I'm like, who's going to, who, are we going to sign with this trendy VC or mm-hmm. this trendy VC? And you go into the offices and you get the like $15 water bottle that they have like in the fridge, right. When you walk in and there's snacks yeah. and you're so impressed and you see all the brands on the wall and you're like, wow. But then yeah. you start to go to a couple of those offices and it's all the same brands on the wall. And like, it's all starts to look the same. The branding starts to look the same. Like everything feels similar. And you're like, am I just like, these people don't think I'm special. They don't believe in what I'm doing. They're just trying to like, keep going with 
I, I don't know. It, it, it's so impersonal. Um, so there, there's a part of me that like learned a big lesson about how like the shiny box is not really the best option. And as we're seeing now with things like the brandless and outdoor voices and, you know, the, the people who are having problems right now, unfortunately, you know, over raising money and overstaffing the big office, like the, the merch, like that stuff is not always what business is about, but what the appearance of business is about. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a mixed bag. I think that there are scenarios in which, you know, raising capital is really amazing and like strategically a great decision. And then there's others where if you can do it on your own, that's like really cool. Yeah. I would like to know more about why you started Mega Babe and kind of lean into sort of the body positivity advocacy that you do um, to give listeners just a better understanding of your history and what it is that you really um, care about. My dog Cheese jumped on my lap, so I'm sorry if you're going to hear her breathing. I see her. Hi. So really, I worked in fashion for 10 years uh, in PR, and through that time, I really cemented a bad body image that had been brewing like my whole life um, and just had figured that that's just how you live life. You live life walking into a room, looking at how thin and beautiful everyone else is and how hideous you are. And that's just what it is to be a woman. So that was something that I had accepted. And I actually was featured on, in like a style profile on the Man Repeller um, about like how to dress if you're curvy. Mm-hmm. And it was the first time I had ever had like my own face in front of the camera. I was so uncomfortable. And I ended up, I, I read the comments in that article where people were like, whoa, like I have never seen my own body reflected like on a fashion blog. And this is 2014 mm-hmm. um, or no, 2015. Not and, that long ago. No, no, not that long ago <laughs> at all. Um, Pretty and, recent. <laughs> and I, I was like, yeah, wait, what? And then it just, it hit me like a lightning bolt to the brain. I was like, wait, other people look like me? Like I, and I was a size like 12, 14 at the time. And I could, I couldn't, it was like, I remembered that it was okay to not be a size zero. And yeah. that, um, that actually, that journey progressed into realizing that the size zero also feels bad about themselves. And that it just, it was like, there's no destination with size. And that messaging is something that I've built on. And I really speak to women of all sizes about body acceptance. I don't talk, I don't talk about body positivity in the way where I'm like, love your cellulite, like Mm -hmm. draw on your stretch marks. If you want to do that, fine. I'm more talking to women in a, in a realistic way of let's stop the self hate and the body talk, like, like the way that we're, Oh, I need to lose five pounds. I'm going on a diet. I'm doing this. Like Mm -hmm. I'm so fat in these shorts. Like this, this talk just keeps us down. I guess my, I, my question is because I, I love what you do for you. Is it, something that you continually have to work on because I think that, you know, the messaging that you put out there and everything you see on the internet, not that you have to take it with a grain of salt, but you know, everybody that has a message, you know, you consistently get that message out there. So is this something that you still like struggle with and sort of like have to convince yourself on from time to time? Sorry, there's like something stuck in my throat. That's why it sounds like I'm going to cry. Or is it something (laughs) that you have like totally made peace with 
Because I think for every woman, just like you said, no matter what size you are, it's a daily battle or it can be a daily battle. So for you, is it still a daily battle or is it something that you have conquered? And if you have conquered it, how did you do that? Uh, No, I, listen, I have bad days or bad, I don't have bad days. I have bad moments where I'm like, ew, what a gross picture of me. Or like, whoa, like I don't look good in these. Um, Mm -hmm. I have those moments for sure, but they don't bring me down. Uh, anymore. I don't spiral. I don't uh-huh. like, I don't like change into like a totally different, you know, outfit and refuse to leave the house or like none of those things that used to happen to me mm-hmm. um, or cry or like, you know, leave a party. Um, so for me, it really was noticing the way I spoke to myself mm-hmm. on, on like a minute to minute basis and noticing what I was saying about my own body. And then realizing, cause I, I think for a long time, I thought that as long as I was trying to be thin, like trying always to be losing like that final 10 pounds, then I was doing the right thing and nothing bad would happen to me. And I think when I got a divorce, I realized that I could, you know, diet and jog and, and yell at myself for eating the cookie all I wanted, but like mm-hmm. bad stuff still happens to you. And yeah. like you're, and like, the, t- the negativity you're putting into your own brain about your body is a waste. So essentially, I just, I noticed my behavior. I started to try to stop it when it would start in the mirror. Like I, you know, grab a stomach roll and then I'd be like, okay, like you just did that. Like, let's move away from it. And mm-hmm. then just try to focus on other stuff. I mean, it doesn't, it's not magic. It really is, is not magic. It really is like making the decision to stop wasting the energy there. And then I started mega babe. Like Mm -hmm. I really did. Like that's, that's it. Like I just, I took energy away from all the negative stuff and just started shifting it towards my blog, like the business, like helping dogs, like whatever it is that made me happy and away from this bullshit. I think that's a really powerful thing that you're tapping into. You have control And you can make the decision to change your mind, see yourself differently, but you have to give yourself permission to do that. And I talk to a lot of friends that, you know, deal with the same struggles constantly for years and years and years, no matter what they are, like, you know, can put into tons of different categories. And what I talk to them about a lot is like, just change your mind, just make the decision to change your mind. Yeah. All you're going to do is help yourself and free yourself from your struggle. And yeah. even, even that decision or like, you know, being willing to kind of go there is really scary for a lot of people. It's something that a lot, it doesn't, it doesn't even pop into their head sometimes that they are able to do that. And yeah. I think that that is so powerful that you were able to recognize that on your own and actually like take actionable steps to start to think about your life differently. Thanks. I love, yeah. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I mean, you, you just, you look at, and, and by the way, I'm, I think I've gained a lot. I've gained like 60 pounds and I don't, and I look at my pictures of when I thought I was so fat that I couldn't even like, how could I even, how could anyone look at me? And I'm just like, I look good now. I looked good then. Like, it's just, it's all in your brain is what I'm it's saying. All, it's all in your brain. And I think 
just to sort of like make it not make it seem like oh it's just so easy to change your mind oh, and then like forever not. be changed it's, not. it's, it's not. certainly not it's like once you make the decision to try to see yourself differently then it's a muscle that you have to work every single yes. day every time you have that feeling but the thing about working a muscle and I feel like we talk about this I talk about this with a lot of people on the podcast is you develop that muscle over time and over time it becomes easier to use it and to rely on it yeah and you know what? And I have another, as we're heading into summer, I have another tip. We've made rules for ourselves. I don't wear shorts. I don't wear bikinis. I don't leave my house like in a dress. Like we have these rules for ourselves because of the way we think we look or the way that we shouldn't look in public um, because of our bodies. And I, time and time again, in my interactions with people who follow me, they're like, uh, I wore shorts for the first time because of you and I just bought five pairs. Or I wore a swimsuit at the beach for the first time in public because like, you made me feel like I could. And I think what you find after you release some of those self-imposed rules is that it's fine. And like, mm-hmm. no one cares. And like, yeah, nobody, yeah, literally, no one nobody cares. Gives, nobody gives a shit about no. you as it turns out. At the no, end as of it the turns day. out, nope. <laughs> yeah, nobody so, cares. So quit punishing yourself. A hundred percent. Did you find that when you started to create content um, that was, you know, this body positivity content on Instagram, that people were overwhelmingly kind to you and supportive of you? Um, and did that sort of help you on your journey? Because I think you said, you know, oh, I read the comments on Man Repeller and I had this realization. And so did that sort of help you in, in this journey? Yes. Yeah. A- yes, absolutely. Because it just, and working in PR for 10 years and dealing with media and dealing with launching businesses and you know, helping businesses grow, um, you can tell when you've tapped into something that there's a need and a desire for. And that's what I felt with that blog post. Katie, you're the queen of white space. Can I just say that? (laughs) You are. I mean, because let me just say the internet typically is just like a shit storm and to be able to do something and have a, have people overwhelmingly give you a positive response is really rare and it's very cool. And then Thank you can launch Mega Babe, which is total white space. Well, you know, you know, white uh, space. you know, and I mean, I'll, I'll chew my horn for one second. I also like my dog was one of the first famous Instagram dogs. Oh and, yeah. Yeah. Toast. And I <laughs> look at cheese coming out and I, <laughs> she's I like would, literally sitting behind your shoulder and she's like, she keeps peeking her head out because we're on, comment. for listeners, we're on Zoom. So we're like, I can actually see Katie as we record it. Like literally she's just keeps peeking out behind your arm. <laughs> I, I, I think that it's, it's less than a white, I probably, it's not that I look for places that need um, revamping or anything like that. It's just, I happen to find needs in my own life that aren't being met and try to see if there's a community out there that feels the same, I guess. Right. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I just think it's, it's cool that you're willing to sort of act on what you actually feel, you know? So I think it's very exciting. Um, okay. Well, we have um, started to kind of shift to a format at I Love Wellness where we record shorter episodes that are really like digestible and fun kind yes. of during this period of time. So I guess that means that we're at the end of the episode, but I have some final questions to ask you that we ask most people. Great. What is your What is your secret wellness ritual? And it can be anything. So interpret how you choose. Because mine is like pizza once a week. That's my secret oh, wellness ritual. Oh, that's great. It just makes um, me feel happy, you know? 
My secret wellness ritual is, God, it's so boring. I love walking the dogs. Um, that's not like a secret though. No, Damn that's it. nice. That's yeah. totally nice. Okay. All right. Walking the dogs. And then what's something you know now from a wellness perspective that you wish that you had known earlier in your life? Well, that so much of it is about your mental state and like taking care of your brain and your emotions and dealing with stuff. Mm-hmm. I think that's really nice. Yeah. And I agree with you wholeheartedly. Yeah. So anybody that needs to do some self, some work on self-love, just do it. Take, take the, the plunge. Yeah. Take the plunge. You, you don't regret it ever. That is, that is absolutely the truth. I think though, like, and then we can wrap up. What I have learned is that taking the plunge is painful oh. and it makes you cry and it's yes. hard. And I yes. think that that's why a lot of people avoid it or put it off. And I just have to say that experiencing those emotions is difficult, but it's for a very short period of time where you're like crying, bawling, and it's overwhelming and it sucks. And like the more that you practice that, the more you are able to move through to the other side. So don't be afraid of yourself is all I'm trying to say. That's a very, it's very good advice. I think so too. Okay. Where can our listeners find you and find mega babe and all that jazz? You can follow me at Katie Storino on Instagram or at Megababe on Instagram. Um, you can find us in Ulta, Next to Love Wellness. I have a podcast as well called Boob Sweat. Um, and we keep those episodes short too because I think that, you know, short attention spans, I love a short, I love a short pod. So I'm me too. That, yeah. Um, okay, awesome. Well, thank you everybody so much for tuning in. Katie, thank you so much for joining. And hopefully I'll see you soon on the East Coast. Please. Okay, bye. Bye.